All right, welcome to the show today. I'm so happy to welcome Anders Boulanger. He's a speaker, author, magician, founder, and CEO at Engageify, where they make teams and events more engaging. Anders, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, I love it. I, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So we met on LinkedIn. Surprise, surprise. I think I've gotten connected with a bunch of our guests on LinkedIn, um, but we seem to share an, an interest in engagement and having fun and specifically the application of those things in the business world. Now, I hear the word engagement thrown around at these talks and conferences, and it's one, it's almost like as soon as something gets mentioned too many times, especially in the B2B tech space, it becomes yeah. a buzzword and it means nothing. Uh, what does engagement mean to you and how do you define so, engagement for I'm what shift you do? everyone's paradox on that you know like there's another buzzword yeah for the i mean engagement can have this like hr connotation to it you know what i mean like keeping people engaged and we have a little bit different of a slant in terms of we're teaching people how to be engaging so i think we can both agree that we're living in a world of distractions right notifications um you know the work from a Home life is is different, right? The multitasking on screens, the Zoom calls. There are so many things that uh, take us away from you know being in the moment with people, and and so that what we're seeing is to kind of get that same connection that we need in this world of distractions. We have to kind of optimize our engagement skills. So that's where we kind of come from that engagement. But if I were to define it, I would say it's you know it's the people being actively involved in something, you know, and wanting to be a part of something, you know, and, and if we can kind of create scenarios and work on certain skills, tech, technology, or techniques as well, to make people want to be a part of something, whether that is a sales pitch, whether that is a webinar, whether that is a, a trade show presentation, you know, all of these things, if people want to be a part of it, it makes the selling so much easier. And so that's where we're helping companies, you know, engageify their events and, and also their teams in terms of customer facing teams and, and the skills that go along with that. So we, we talk about engagement skills. Kind of, uh, our that angle. makes a lot of sense. And what I uh, really resonate with there is that active engagement. So not passive, not information coming one way, but information going both ways. And how we talk about engagement, especially from a user experience perspective, is our brains have two modes. You're either kind of on autopilot and doing a lot of the tasks you need to do, or you are consciously absorbing new information, probably learning, you know, when you're doing trainings, that sort of thing. And so engagement to us means switching the brain from that autopilot, that passive mode to that active mode um, where things are in your consciousness and you're processing new information. So tell me a little bit about your story. Clearly you're experienced with this because you have an engaging background. Uh, it's beautiful to look at. And uh, tell me a little bit about where you're joining this podcast from um, and right. uh, what's this background's doing for you from an engagement perspective. Because sure. I noticed At first when you said your background, I was thinking like my backstory. And then I'm like, oh yeah, you know, oh, this yeah. background. Yeah, and we did talk about this. Um, so I have a, this is our, our headquarters, uh, Engageify office here. And you know, it's just a white wall. I'll show you a quick video that will show you a really good example of this. So this is what it looks like if I don't do anything. So I turn on the lights and I'm sitting there. This is kind of making some effort, you know, to actually do something about it. So now I'm going to take care of that backlighting because that's, uh, you know, causing some issues. So I'm going to close those curtains, turn off those lights, turn on my fun, funky lights, 
right? Um, then I'll go change, get a little bit better of a shirt on, uh, zoom that in, and give myself a nod of approval. There we go. So that that is just kind of like what I think about where in terms of a virtual engagement, let's make it look nice. Let's make it look interesting. Let's, you know, not push people away in the first place, right? It's kind of like a Hippocratic oath, first do no harm, right? If people can see you well and hear you well, now you can actually add some other pieces, you know, vocal variety, some performance skills, some body language, all of that that goes into that, uh, the performance skills piece. Um, but this red background, the, the story that I wanted to kind of say was uh, VMware is a, you know, big um, virtualization company. And they had me do a meeting with their marketing people because they were considering some different ideas for a virtual event. And the person who ended up hiring us, um, she confided in, in us that she was actually multitasking on three screens and was not paying attention. I came on, she saw the red background and she said, oh, that's different. And then I kind of leaned in and shared something, you know, to the camera like this. And she felt herself leaning into her screen. And she realized that this is the kind of, this is the guy we want to MC our virtual summit, right? So this is kind of how we were able to make that event more engaging by being an MC. But the background was the piece that was that opening, that door opening, so that we can get our message across, right? And it's the idea that if people aren't listening or paying attention, it's pretty darn hard to sell anything. Right? It is kind of the master skill of sales in that sense that you've got to have that, otherwise you're not going to go too far. So that's why I do the background. That's why I kind of make the effort every single call. So many people, and, and I know we're just talking virtual right now, but they work all day like this, head down, and then maybe they look in the camera when they have a virtual call, but usually they keep looking at the screen. Right? So it's this, this idea that we need to kind of do a little bit more to try to mirror that you know, face-to-face -face interaction that we're trying to create. I love that so much. And I wanted to share one of my little tricks to, to break the ice. I have this hat that spells out messages on little LEDs and uh, oh. it's a great icebreaker to kind of set the yeah. vibe and tone for, especially a call if I'm a little bit uh, nervous or, um, you know, want to really show up with a fun and playful attitude. It's fun to, you know, look at their their profile or something that it would be unique to them, put on the hat and they can get the message, uh, you know, going across my forehead. But it is interesting that there's small visual uh, things that really uh, show an intentionality and do a lot of the communication for us where when we're not in person, you can't really rely on those vibes or that energy that is so much easier to get from another person, um, you know, when you're sitting across the same table. I, I completely agree, Andrew. And, and it's in a way that we, we talk about uh, an energy level thing. 33% more energy is what we talk about for, for virtual engagement. And that's because here's where you think you're coming in, in terms of energy level, but here's actually where you're coming in because you're, you're in a room by yourself, most likely talking to a camera that's kind of killing your energy, right? So to come in here, we actually need to come in up here just so that we're perceived at where we thought we were sending it, right? And, and that's kind of a tough switch for some people, um, you know, to, to kind of find that right level. And the reason, the reason I really discovered it too was I was hired to do uh, a virtual trade show booth welcome video for one of our clients. And they said, Anders, we want it really peppy. We want high energy. I'm like, I can do high energy. Don't worry. You know, I got this kind of thing. And I did it and I recorded, I'd play it back and I'd be like, man, that could, that's flat. Like, that's not what I thought I was putting out, right? 
And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to kill them with peppiness. I'm going to do it again. And I re-recorded and I'm just firing it. And I thought it would be just almost like too much, way too much. And I played it back and I'm like, okay, that's about right. You know, so it's it really, um, there is that energy does get killed by the camera. And, and when people realize that, especially if they are maybe selling something that isn't really that exciting in the first place, you know, like you got to bring more to the table then um, because that virtual barrier really does exist. So the, the virtual barrier is very real. I think we all feel that, uh, you know, working from home, um, you know, when you and I first connected, you mentioned that you are a magician and I was curious how that played into your journey to get here as, you know, a professional engage, uh, professional yeah. engager. For sure. Well, I find, you know, with, with magic, the nice thing is, is it's able, you're able to kind of, you know, hold people's attention, suspend disbelief. And it's, it's something that allows you to kind of, um, grab people and create that contrast, right. That, that defy expectations. So it, it is a great tool to use. The way I got started was back, uh, when I was five years old, I got a Fisher price magic set for Christmas and started doing birthday parties when I got to be 12 paid my way through university, got a physics degree, and then I went full-time doing magic as an entertainer. And then I uh, got trained by a man named Joel Bauer who taught me how to do trade shows the right way. And so it was the idea of infotaining, of creating uh, you know, entertainment that has information embedded in it so that we're creating you know, a high engagement, high passion message-driven presentation so that there's the, the plot is driven by the solutions of the company and yet there's magic happening and people just don't know what's going to happen next. And so they are just on, you know, hanging on your every word because they want to see what's going to happen. Right. And so you're, you're doing all kinds of, and I know you're into brain science and stuff too, Andrew, right? Like, you know, we're spiking dopamine with the novelty and the reward piece to it, reward. And, you know, so that people want to be a part of that. Right. So that's part of how we make, you know, our trade show presentations work and how we can gather such big crowds around a booth is because of this novelty factor of the fact that there's there's the unexpected will happen, right? And the surprise that that comes from that. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you is that, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who give kind of uh, ambiguous instruction or guidance on being more engaging, being more confident, connecting with people, you know? Um, and it's, it can be, it can get you riled up, maybe motivate you a little bit, but there aren't practical things I can do as Andrew to improve how I'm engaging with people. And, you know, you have codified a system based on what you've learned. Um, so tell us a little bit about those, you know, how you kind of reverse engineered engagement and what are some of those things that people can sure. do that are really actionable? Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, one of the things that just came to mind earlier that you were talking about the little hat thing that you were talking about, that you grab some personal information on oh, not personal information, but you know, public information Personalized, put yeah. on your led thing. Well, what we sometimes do is we'll actually project um, you know, make the lights on the same brand and project the logo of the company we're meeting on the back wall. And I always love when they kind of go like, hey, wait a second. Like you see them notice it all of a sudden, right? And, and that is what we call you focused, right? This idea that it is about them. Every, what's everybody's favorite radio station? You've probably heard this, WIIFM, what's in it for me, right? People want to know what's, you know, if, it, if it's something that's going to benefit them or something that's going to threaten them from a survival 
perspective. We want to know what that is, right? For so we can continue living. And the same thing with uh, engagement. Um, you know, that's what captures our attention is things that are going to benefit us or threaten us. And of course, it's a lot nicer when we're working with potential clients, things that they're going to benefit them because we don't want to threaten them as much. But that does come into play as well. So with that little piece of information that you are making it about them, you know, that is a you focused piece. It makes it highly relevant to them. So one of the things that I'll do in, in uh, some of our slideshows when we're working with a client is I'll have, of course, their logo in there and different pieces that we've customized it for them so they feel like it's just for them. And it was, right? So that customization is very important. Um, the other thing that we talk about too, in terms of kind of codifying it, we actually have um, an acronym. And maybe I'll walk through this real quickly if it's okay, Andrew. Um, Absolutely, and it's that's why you're here. Save you. So save and then the letter U at the end, okay? And the U at the end is you focus. So we kind of, we're kind of going at it backwards here, but that's, that's that piece making it about them, okay? The S in save you is simple. So we want to make things easy to follow. Now, our brain is, is about 2% of our body mass, and yet it consumes 20% of our energy. So it's a bit of a hog on resources in that way, okay? And so because of that, again, from that survival perspective, if things get too complicated, we get, this is a bit of a technical term, cognitive backlog, okay? But it's overwhelm, right? So especially if you're selling tech or something that is a complicated kind of sale, complicated product, you know, it's very easy to throw in too much jargon. It's very easy to just make things, too many bar charts and graphs and <laughs> too many things on a slide people can't follow it. And there's a point of people who are like, forget it. You know, they kind of just tune out, right? So we want to, again, do no harm. So we need to simplify things down so that it's easy to consume, okay? So never move faster than your audience's ability to consume that information. So that's the, the simple piece, okay? The, the A in Save You is authority, which goes to that kind of relevance, that expertise, that sort of thing. You know, really, even just how you speak about something, right? If, you, if you're passionate about something and you know your stuff, that comes across. People pick up on that. Right? It doesn't mean you have to have letters at the end of your name, <laughs> designations. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt. But the way that you speak about whatever you're talking about is a big indication of that credibility. Right? Sometimes people will kind of, um, yeah, and then we do this and we kind of do that. And they got higher pitch and they're going up and it just doesn't feel like a solid, someone's got a good grasp of what they're doing. Right? So that's, that's the authority thing. So we, we could go deeper into that, but we'll, we'll go into the V. The V in Save You is for visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Okay? So visual, seeing, auditory, hearing, kinesthetic, feeling. We experience the world through those three senses. We have more senses, but we'll, we'll just kind of use those three. Okay? And everyone has a preferred sense. So I'm very visual. I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> you can see that in the video. Um, some people who are very auditory, they might have more kind of melodic voices. They might say things like, oh, I like the sound of that, you know, or, you know, tell me more. They'll use those different predicates. And because everyone's different, um, sometimes we don't know what an, anyone's preferred system is. So when I'm dealing with a, a group of people, like at a trade show and I got a crowd of people, I do a shotgun approach and I just make sure that I'm using visual, auditory, and kinesthetic terms 
throughout the entire presentation so that it gets, you know, it's very sensory rich in terms of that content. Because when we talk in corporate jargon, in what they call nominalizations, and nominalization is a nominalization, the fact that it's a big <laughs> word that we don't really know what it means, right? And, you know, we get taken out of the meaning so much, right? So uh, in my trade shows, when we work with companies or even when we help and do coaching with sales teams, if they get too jargony, we like, whoa, 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 time out, time out. Let's simplify that down, get it in real terms, and then add some, add some senses to it so that people can get immersed into the picture that you're painting. Picture that you're painting. There's a visual term right there, right? So in that way, people in their minds are actually getting into your material, into your communi communications normalization, getting into your message, <laughs> right? So a way that they can experience it in the way that they prefer, okay? So I know that's a little confusing, but the idea that we want more senses involved in how we communicate because people, that's how they experience the world. And if we want them to engage what you are sharing, we need to do that. Okay. So we get the S, the A, the V, the E, the E in save you is we want to create some excitement. We want to, we want to make things special. We want to stand out and, and really um, elevate the moment, if you will. Okay, so I think it's fun to kind of um, create a little bit more, um, just, just take things to another level to create specialness, right? Like I think in a real engaging interaction, people are just so happy that they were there for that, right? And if we can create that uh, more of the time, I just think, people will keep coming back to us and they'll expect that from us time and time again. Well, that's a great acronym, but I want to hone in on the excitement and what you just said. A lot of people listening will think, oh, it's got to be special. It's got to be exciting. It's got to be, um, you know, a special moment. Like that's a lot of pressure. How do I come up with making, you know, making something special? That sounds like a lot of pressure. Do you have any ideas about you know, lowering that barrier to entry for people, because um, if you don't think of yourself as a creative person, as a people person, as an engaging person, as a showman or showwoman, um, you know, how do you create some of that excitement or specialness um, and, you know, make it something that I can start doing and specifically in your trade show example, right? Because I was just at a conference and the trade show section was rough. People were kind of avoiding each other. It was, uh, it seemed like everybody's first conference back after a long time working from home. And it was a, an interesting vibe. So when you said huge crowd at a, at a conference, I know people want some tips and tricks. What is that excitement, uh, you know, an accessible way to start some excitement at a trade show? So I, excitement, I mean, yeah, you're right. It sounds like a big, uh, you're like, oh, how are we going to do that? I think there is a, a couple of things I want to uh, mention. Um, one of them is raising the stakes, okay? How, how can we make things more important? And one of the best examples that uh, comes to mind is if you ever watch an infomercial, when they do a demo in an infomercial, it's always like taken to the nth degree, right? Like, you know, this rubber spray that they spray the screen door and then they put it in the bottom of a boat and then they, you know... <laughs> Like, that's a great way of raising the stakes. Um, we also gamify at trade shows. 
And we will do things where we'll use, give someone a chance to win $2,000, you know, right there in the booth. Okay. So it's gamified. And the fact that there's something in it for them, we're going to be spiking dopamine. People, you know, have a chance to win. And also you're opening a story loop. And what I mean by that is you're starting something that's going to require closure. So the mm. people walking by who see the person who get picked to have a chance to win the money, they're like, is this guy going to win? Let's, I want to see what happens. So they they're need invested. to get in, right? So creating an event or making excitement, you know, is like, how can you just elevate that, the, the importance, the take it, make it more dire, make it, and even sometimes danger can be a thing, but not real danger, just perceived danger, right? Uh, another example, and I'm just pulling from, from my own repertoire, is I'll do a game of Russian roulette with staple guns in a trade show booth. So we'll load up one staple gun and we mix them up. And then I have four people help me with their intuition decide which one's safe. And then we talk about, you know, safe decisions and, and dangerous decisions regarding the, the solution and the company and the industry and how we, we paint that picture. So that's, again, when you see something like that walking by, people go, what is that? Right. You know, that's so different. So creating contrast and standing out and defying expectations, that's a way to create, you know, excitement and novelty and create differences. Right. So if you just think about what is the normal way people do something and you don't do it that way, people will take notice. Now, you got to make sure when they do take notice that you have some sort of follow up because it reminds me. Uh, a trade show a number of years ago, they had, you know, those green screen suits that people wear, like at, at, at you know, hockey games, football games and stuff like that. Um, they had techno music come on and these people would like dance like robots in these blue suits. And, it, and everyone would stop in the aisle and go, whoa, what's this all about? And then the music stops and they just kind of walked away into the booth. Like there was nothing, you know, if you just grab attention for attention's sake, that doesn't have relevance and then people just kind of write that off as, as hokey, right? So if you do have something that is going to grab someone's attention, create some excitement, create interest, then you need to make sure that you follow that up with something that is on point that can benefit them, that is, you know, solution oriented, right? The tie-in is really, really critical. And when, when the tie-in is clever and makes sense, people just go, oh, they kind of, they have that aha moment when they make that connection. And that type of learning really sticks in people's minds. You know, when they inductive learning, they call it, right? When they have to put it together themselves, like, oh, yeah. So if you have that happening with people, whether they're learning, whether they're um, a sales call with someone and you're imparting information that they need to remember because they need to make decisions based on that information, um, creating those aha moments is a, is a great way of, of making things special. Very cool. Well, um, I have this going back to your, uh, your sensory experience. I have this visual now of, of you being on the trade show floor with, with money and staple guns. It sounds, it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and I think that's, you know, the piece that's so important to me hearing you talk about this is if you're going to do any of these things, um, you know, what you're doing is you're opening the door, letting people have fun with you. And uh, a lot of people, especially in professional environment can ha have trouble letting themselves have fun. Do you have any tips for, you know, making the leap of, you know, Hey, at this event, I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to wear the light hat. I'm going to wave around a staple gun, you know, 
you and I probably have a higher comfort level being a little bit goofy in the B2B world, but do you have any tips for people who maybe want the attention, they want to have fun, but it's hard to take the leap? And because I've been a professional for 15 years, how do I start being goofy at work? I, well, before I kind of address that, I just want, I think there's an interesting uh, almost paradox that happens with that, like professional, right? Button up kind of thing. And then on the other side of it is the authentic you, right? Like showing the world a little bit more of your personality. And I feel like sometimes people are stuck at work in that professional realm. And what I find, and, and, and I'll tell you a little bit about some of the exercises when we do coaching with, with people, is that the more personality people show, the more intrinsically interesting that person then becomes. So it's kind of like, and, and I'm, when I say they're authentic, I just don't mean that they're not professional all of a sudden, right? It's still very acceptable and, and everything in terms of expectations of how things would be in business, but the fact that they're just showing a little bit more of them. Now, uh, we have different personas, right? Like persona, the, the word actually comes from the masks that the Greeks would wear in the Greek tragedies and comedies. And the sona had to do with the sound. They were like amplifiers, right? Like little loudspeakers for the open air amphitheaters. But the idea that we have different personas, we're different people when we're with our friends and when we're with our spouse and we're with our kids and then how we are at work, right? So there's different sides of us and some of us don't let those other sides show as much, right? And so we do this exercise um, when we're coaching and we have these different archetypes. And when I say archetypes, I mean almost characters that we have people do their presentation in. So one of them might be a kindergarten teacher or like a, a football coach, um, a giant, um, a conspiracy theorist. There's a whole <laughs> bunch that we have, okay? And so we then say, okay, you're gonna do your two minute presentation, but here's your archetype. And I usually assign an archetype that is so different from the person's actual you know, way they were doing it, right? So if they're really quiet, I want them really loud. If they're really monotone, I want them to be the kindergarten teacher, okay, children? Because the vocal variety is so high, right? So we, we give them these different things. And they're all like, and again, these are these people who are probably like, I've never done a class of theater. I'm not, you know, okay, we make it a safe place. And we say, okay, you know, let's just put this on its feet. Let's just try it out. When we get done the exercise and we debrief it, what ends up happening is people will say, I didn't think I could do that. I didn't think that was me, right? But it, I realized there's more to me than I thought, right? Like they, do, they realized, and the, the feedback they got from people was, it's not as kindergarten teachery as they think it is. It was actually just more interesting to listen to, right? And it's like, maybe keep a little bit of that with you, right? And that's what actors do when they rehearse. They'll blow it up one way, and then they hope a little bit of it sticks around for the actual performance, right? And so what I would say to people, you know, is... Just try something new. Just go a little bit out there just to see how things are and then get the feedback, right? That's so critical. And in a trade show, if you are being a little goofy, if you're having a fun time, you're reaching out and you're like saying, hey, man, I like your mustache or whatever, you know, people walking by the booth, you know, you're just kind of trying different opening lines or you're trying to just stop people. You're going to find that once in a while they work and then that's going to be that like, Pat on the back to try to engage some more, right? To see what else can work. And, and, and so I think it's just those baby steps and take a few risks and then 
really listen to that feedback because that that'll tell you if it's working or not. Those are great tips. I think uh, for me personally, it was just understanding that other people are craving it, you know, and going to your paradox, there's another paradox. You talked about raising the stakes, right? And you have the chance to win $2,000. But on the flip side of that, you're also kind of lowering the stakes. We're not in this professional risk reward relationship. Like, is he going to try to sell me? Am I going to make a bad decision? It's like, we're shifting the perspective to this other area where we can have fun together. And when we're going to have fun together, we can really connect. And when we really connect, we can have a conversation and actually see if there's value to be exchanged. And so it's, I don't know exactly how to articulate it, but I really see a a paradox in the raising of the stakes and the lowering of the stakes. But I think uh, people, you know, they want to connect. And my experience has been, you know, of course, there's times that I've brought some fun energy and it just wasn't reciprocated on the other side of the, the conversation and that's fine. But the vast majority of people, they want to crack a smile. They want to hear a joke. They want to have a little fun. And um, I think that's been a big eye opener for me as uh, I've dived into being having more fun at work and having more fun with uh, what I thought were important B2B relationships that you know, are all about data and dollars and cents. Um, at the end of the day, these businesses are run by people and people do business with the people that they want to do. And the better connections you have, the better you can take care of one another. Um, cause you understand what, you know, their, their, uh, their needs really are as a customer. Yeah. Andrew, I just want to add something to that. And like you said, when they are people, you know, that's where I've had sometimes people say to us about, about our trade show services going like, um, I don't know if that would work. I'm like, you know, our, our, our industry is different. And you're like, are they, are they humans? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well then it'll work. Cause this is, this is based on, you know, brain science and human behavior, right? Like we, we've created these presentations and designed them to work because of how we are wired. Right. And, and so this idea that we, you know, have, have a bit of fun and, and then connect on that level. So totally opens people up and warms people up to, seeing things in a, maybe from a different perspective. And, and that has been some of my most rewarding, you know, presentations is when I look around and see the diversity, all kinds of people, all kinds of ages, every, like everything. And they're all experiencing it en masse, right? Together with a smile on their face. And it's just like, it's just kind of a beautiful thing. And then they thank me at the end and it's kind of like, no, thank you. Like that was so fun. Right. And, and so one of the tips that, uh, I learned earlier on was that I wanted to get buy-in from people, you know? And so I'll stop a crowd and I'll get just like a little pod of people, you know, maybe uh, uh, five to eight people. And I'll say, look, I'm going to start, I haven't really started the presentation yet, but I'm going to crank in here. And it's not me doing it for you. It's us doing it for each other. Does that make sense? We're going to co-create an event here. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? Are you guys in? And I'm like, I know where I'm going. Are you coming with me? You know, kind of thing. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, Anders, go for it, right? I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I really get into it. But when you get that buy-in, now that that core group of people, like they're they're your biggest fans and they know they're part of the show and they're helping, right? And so, um, you know, that co-creation for me, whether it's a presentation or whether it's an interaction that you made something special together uh, is important because it's not just you you know, talking at them, right? It's the connection, it's the dance. And that's just kind of a beautiful thing. And I think that's really 
speaks to the heart of, of engagement. All about the connection. Well, I couldn't agree more. And uh, I think that's a great note to switch gears and see if you can flap a little digital eyeball uh, as well as you can engage people on the conference floor or in your sales trainings. Um, let me go ahead and send this link through the, the chat. Same one? Or it's the same one, yeah. So if you want to okay. share your uh, screen uh, for the game, and I'll keep track of the timer here. So Anders okay. did get a little bit of practice, like our last couple guests, uh -huh. um, but not extensive practice, just enough to make sure he knows how to play. And uh, we're going to set the clock for 60 seconds. And when he's okay. ready, I'm going to start the it. timer. And uh, if he's flapping when the timer runs out, we're just going to let him run uh, f f until he uh, hits a pipe. So, 60 seconds. I lasted like 10 in my warm well, up. That's here. the thing okay. is that it'll, uh, it, if you uh, hit a pipe, you just click again to restart and it will automatically record your high score. So, just oh, okay. keep, keep going for a minute and we'll take your highest score. If you happen to be flapping when the timer runs out, we're just going to let you go. But, uh, Whenever you're ready, I will start the timer. You can just start okay. clicking. All right, ready, go. All right, not bad, got a couple flaps in. Oh yeah, there you go. Oh! That was a great second run. Oh, I would. Yeah, I just let it drop there. No. Those low, those low early ones are tough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, here he goes. Oh, just, I gotta like loosen up a little bit here. It's tough when you're on the spot. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. You just gotta find a groove. We got about 20 seconds. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Andrew. I feel like I'm letting you down here. You're not letting me down at all. It's not my score. <laughs> what is your high score, by the way? Uh, just over a hundred. Oh my goodness. But you got to realize I demo this game all the time and yeah. uh, it's a little bit of a thing on our team. Okay. Yeah, so that does it uh, for your four. minute. I think your high score is four. Let's see what happens when it pops up here. Yep. So you got a four. You're not at the bottom of the leaderboard. You're not at the top. There's nothing uh, to be embarrassed about with a score of four, especially on your first day playing tap to flap. Part of the reason it's so engaging for the people that play it uh, in our product in Incentive Pilot is that it's hard and uh, you get a little bit of that addiction going when uh, you know your teammates are struggling to play it the, the same way. So thanks for being a good sport and uh, flapping for a minute there. If people want to work with you for sales training, for uh, engaging at a trade show, for anything that you guys offer, um, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you online? Yeah, totally. Uh, go to our website, engageify.ai. The AI is not artificial intelligence. It stands for authentic interactions. And so it's E-N-G-A-G-I-F-Y.ai. Uh, there you can actually get a free report on four ways to be more engaging. And as well, um, yeah, you can reach out to us about our engagement trainings for sales teams and for our trade show info training as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Anders. It was great having you on the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew.